We are live. Hi there. Welcome to Peppers and Flowers, where sales and marketing doesn't make sense. Please join us for the conversation. James, since we're all in quarantine, by the way, have you like looked out your window in your neighborhood and seen people that you just don't recognize because no one ever walks anymore? And then since, it's, since everyone's stuck at home, you start seeing like people that you kind of have to squint your eyes to, to glance at because you haven't seen them in years because they never go outside. And you just didn't recognize them because they aged. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's pretty pretty interesting. I can't say that's happened to me, but I mean, sounds like sounds like something happened to you recently, Daniel. Or I was like looking outside my window, and I was like, "Who the heck is are these people? They're just like random people walking up and down my street." And I realized, oh, that's the woman that lives at the bottom of the hill. That's that person. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen him in like eight years. <laughs> but everyone's like up walking and like trying mm -hmm. to like keep their mind. It's it's hysterical. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just no. yeah. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I mean, uh, I I have a lot of walkers and cyclers now, and people families going out with their kids riding bikes. And um, what I notice is that they're like, you know, I have my son on his bike and he's uh, for the first time off of the training wheels. And so he's kind of, you know, going at it, but still a little shaky. Mm -hmm. And so we got some cyclers coming the opposite way, like cheering him on, like, you got it, you got it, son, you got it. And they're like, almost like, you know, talking to him like their own children, right? So I just see a lot more um, of that old, uh, good old fashioned, just, you know, treating your neighbors like kind of like oh, your own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's funny you mentioned that because I, I I was thinking like my gosh that doesn't really happen anymore does it? Well, probably it happens more in like younger communities or like newer communities with young families and they have all kids and they're very involved. Um, I can see it there, but my neighborhood's kind of like uh, they bought this like they're the original owners. They bought the house in like the seventies when it was first built. And so they either did or didn't have kids and all the kids grew up and moved out. Right, right. Empty nesters. And now they're there kind of retiring and, and settling down. Yeah, like that. exactly. Yeah. Right on. Well, it's yeah. crazy, but, um, you know, I, I, I can see a lot of, well, here, here's something that I think we can segue into kind of the main conversation is, I could see this quarantine thing being a lot of make it or break it situations for families. Because if you think about it, if we have a child that is probably under the age of three or just young, they most of the time they have working parents, if not both are working. So they put them in school early two, three times a week. And then the, the father or mom's working full-time and the one's working part-time or full-time too. So they really see the kids and if they do, or if they're together all at once, it's for a couple hours at night every day. Mm -hmm. So when they are in this quarantine and companies are making them work from home, there are, there, there's a lot of families facing challenge because they're not used to spending that much time together. Or like, what do we do with our kids? You know, we're bored. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a challenge for me to work at home because there's distraction. And I think there's a lot of 
families growing closer from this and there's a lot of families growing more apart from this yeah they're, they're like thank you for the social distancing and i practice that on my children you know yeah <laughs> it's like uh, thank you for that advice there you know we'll, we'll do that in our house you know it's like yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting but i think seeing past all that it's definitely an opportunity mm -hmm. it's definitely an opportunity that you have probably in a lifetime that your company is forcing you to work home because of the necess necessity. Maybe you have a little more free time. Maybe you don't, I'm not sure of the situation, but you have an opportunity to see past this quarantine thing and make the best of what you have right now and be grateful that you can be home and spend time with your family. Perfect. Um, Perfect. And I think that's kind of the, the, that's as sensei Daniel says, that's the lesson of the day. I don't know. I think that's a good lesson though, because you can apply that to your business practice where a lot of businesses are attracting. And, and we kind of, we kind of touch points on a lot of the same things all the time, but, but businesses are retracting they're saving, they're trying to be safe. And they may or may not realize that, there's such a huge opportunity to expand and the opportunity cost is extremely low, extremely low. Like people are still buying and people are still doing things. There's just less people doing things, but people are still out and about doing things. Right. That's true. I noticed that Starbucks closes at two o'clock. Now I stopped there for a cup of coffee in the afternoon and I was like, oh, we're closed now after two. And so I was like, okay, well, at least they're open half of the day, you know, and still catering to the, the morning audience that gets coffee. Um, but then, you know, um, other places, I see the drive through still kicking in and people going through and getting their food, um, you know, and you still see, see a few cars here and there. But um, I think by and large, um, we have to just um, – adapt to the new environments that we get into. And that's not just speaking about what we're currently going through right now with the coronavirus. It, it speaks to any environment that we're in. Um, it could be just for any family right now who may be uh, suffering because they have a family member who has cancer uh, or they just lost a family member for some other reason, you know, uh, or a, a family, a couple having a divorce or a child going through some difficulties uh, learning and growing and you know maybe some disabilities going on um there's there's so many factors that we go through in life and sometimes i really i mean not sometimes i think we should always um look beyond or past um what what's before our eyes what's what seems to be the reality um although it is very real and look deeper into situations into people and in, into ourselves to find, uh, you know, strength and a greater solution because um, in business and in life, you know, we're going to have failures. We're going to have rejections. We're going to have losses. Um, but th does that mean that's the end of the story? No, I don't think so. Um, so, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful because I'm at home now and my kids are there. We see each other all the time. And, you know, I participate in homeschooling and, to me, it's, it's somewhat refreshing because now I get to do more with my kids as far as their education is concerned. Yeah. Whereas before, you know, you kind of, you know, you, you do the homeworks here and there, but 
you know, it's, it's not as existent, but, um, but yeah, if we need breaks, we kind of all go out for a walk or go to the park still. We still, you know, ride the bicycles and, you know, um, you know, with the kids chit chat with their friends on, on Skype now or things like that. Oh, for um, sure. You know, yeah, you well, here, here's something that's funny. I think seeing past and like always seeing the opportunity in things is mm-hmm. I'm not going to say their name, but there's a vitamin company that is not doing very hot right now. Mm-hmm. And they're closing a bunch of stores and they're international. You know, they have, I don't remember the number. I think at their best, they had close to 300 stores worldwide. And then they, beginning of last year, they ended probably with 150 stores. Mm -hmm. And now the current update I got, they are closing more stores. So they could be well below 150. I don't know the exact number. And it's, I just thought it was so like strange because they're a multi-million dollar company. They're international. It seems like they're doing pretty well. And they're in a time of a health crisis. Okay, they're a vitamin supplement company. Mm. Like, they're all about health. And they're not mm. doing well in a time of a health crisis. Right. <laughs> don't you think you would want to buy something that boosts your immunity? I don't know. Yeah. Like, get you know the new elderberry like, against yeah. coronavirus. <laughs> right. It, I just think it's so yeah. odd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really it's it it's it's like the most obvious thing, you know. I mean, how do you uh how do you lose in that situation? You know, it's like the perfect storm for some of these folks and yet they shrink back or you know, they don't count their what the value proposition or the value they bring to the marketplace and maybe they lose a little bit of confidence and so they don't really press into it, they retract or like you say, I mean, closing half your stores, I mean, they should be opening more. And um, it, it's, I think, you know, sometimes maybe what we need to do as entrepreneurs or business professionals or, or owners is really take, a, 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 again, a deeper look at ourselves and say, you know, do I have what it takes to help the market? You know, if this product that I offer, whether it's, you know, a fitness thing or a health thing, I mean, do, do I really feel like I can help people become healthier? If so, then I need to really lay into this thing and, and be be a lot more confident about what I have to offer and benefit people. And then people will see that and then draw to you. Um, so I, sometimes maybe if it's a confidence, it's a confidence level. I have no, I have no idea. All I, cause I, I, I if I knew more detail, I'm sure I'd come up with some sort of yeah, idea yeah, of what's going on, but, yeah. but it's just, it's like, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, there's a what's a good example i guess another cold like okay so there's like a cold right we're like we're gonna have get hit by a cold and this massive cold coming but we have preventative measures let's just say mm-hmm. and everyone like forgets about it when it happens you know what i mean so like we have we have a solution to help you prevent getting sick I'm, this is just an example. It doesn't really have to make sense. And so all you have to do is take this supplement, boost your immunity, drink lots of water, this, this, this. But then when it happens, everyone freaks out and no one does that. I guess that could be like an example, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's at any time, there's 
always something available, like a supplement or whatever mm-hmm. that's out there to help with some sort of aspect of your health. Like this promotes healthy gums. Use this toothpaste. This promotes um, a Im- Im- stronger immune system. This promotes you'll totally go sterile and you'll have no living organism on your body. I don't know. Right. Or it's why it's the reason why people are buying um, more and large, like hand sanitizer or like wipes because it's more satisfying and instant. Like you you can feel the cleanliness of doing it instantly, like wiping down Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. That's more satisfying and in your head less risky like you feel like that is an active destroyer of a virus that lives on your desk versus not washing your hands not using sanitizing wipes not using uh purell or anything like that by the way we're not sponsored by purell Um, that's right uh I think if you gave someone a choice and now it, it, maybe it's the lifestyle, right? So if you are someone who takes a lot of supplements and works out, they probably are taking advantage of immunity boosters and stuff like that because that's just in their lifestyle, right? But for people who don't normally do that, they're going for more instant results. They go, well, we need to get sanitizer. Wipes. We need to get hand, hand sanitizer because that's the most effective way, at least what they think. And now I'm not saying uh, supplements are the effective way to do it. But I'm just thinking like, man, if you were in this crisis, like people are starting to wear face masks. Like mm-hmm. I don't, especially in Southern California. I mean, I can understand we're pretty dramatic, but, but like people are going to the extent of wearing gloves, face masks in public, which normally I don't think we'd ever see that unless this happened. So I'm assuming people are also kind of buying other things to do as many things as possible to, I mean, they're buying a ton of toilet paper. They're buying a ton of paper towels. Why? I don't really know. There's no shortage. People just buy so much. We can't like fill the shelves up quick enough. Um, so I'm sure they're buying a bunch of other stuff, but I just, I think, isn't it weird? You know, we're in a health crisis. People take supplements, people take health products. And we have this vitamin supplement company not doing well. Like, I wonder, I wonder how other supplement companies are doing. Yeah. I, you know, that's funny. I I don't know the answer to that. I, I I guess if we look at the GNCs of the world and other, uh, you know, vitamin companies, uh, we can kind of take a closer look. Um, You know, I, I guess, I think people also uh, look for, I mean, people with resolve and, and the, like what I was talking about, I call it perseverance, kind of like stepping into something when the circumstances don't look good. Um, like I was sharing earlier, you know, you have a lot of people out there exercising now. It's like they're, they're jogging around their bicycles, going for walks. And it's like they're, they're stepping into this dilemma with a solution. Like I'm going to become stronger. I'm going to become healthier. You know, my immunity is going to be better. And I'm going to have, you know, whether it's probably taking – vitamin C, multivitamins, drinking more lemonade and orange juice, um, and then going for these walks and jogs, like all that's going to really build up our, our immunity and, and our ability to overcome and, and just have a better state of mind to be healthier. I mean, 
I think I think that's the right thing to do, and that's what people, well, a lot of people are doing at least, um, from what I've been seeing, and 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 that's the right thing to do. I think I think you know you get into a better, clearer state of mind, and now you're more into finding solutions and finding overcoming problems. Um, and as a healthier person, you'll be more accessible um, to your family members, especially children, small children that need to play a lot and run around a lot. You know, you'll, you'll be there for them and, and the stamina will be there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe people are taking a lot more of a organic approach to things and, and kind of taking matters into, into their own hands. And so the supplement companies, maybe they're not being you know, looked to as much, you know, people are just going for jogs or, you know, working out. So it's like, mm. but yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting times. I mean, um, I, I guess, you know, from my perspective, um, it's the word balance really speaks to me these days, you know, because I, you know, as someone who, who, who also goes for jogs and exercises and, and, and tries to stay healthy, I can't drop the ball on, on family or work or personal, um, you know, hobbies or, or enjoyment, you know, uh, there, you got to have a balanced lifestyle. Otherwise that bitterness sets in that, you know, that, um, those, those negative emotions set in, you start to get, you know, sad or depressed or, you know, then you start to, you almost like become a victim to, uh, to the environment. And, and that's not what anybody wants really. I mean, um, I think this is a time for us to all flourish and just, you know, take advantage of who we are and as, as individuals, where we live and in a nice country, a, a great country um, and in, in, in the setting of nice communities, nice, nice places to live. I mean, so, I mean, all those things still remain true. And um, I think if we have a, a right perspective on things, um, you know, we can live that balanced lifestyle. Yeah, I think you'll I think you'll keep making progress as long as you can keep seeing through the cracks. Like there might be a wall in front of you, but you can kind of make your way through a crack and get to the other side. So it might be a little more difficult to see, but you can you can make there's there's tons of opportunity. Even if it seems like everything's like closing and Yeah. yeah, well, some, yeah oh, here, here's something is here's something I love too. Okay. I I love talking to storefront owners. Um, really like a unique crowd for sure. And I love when they tell me, okay, successful storefront owners. They go, oh man, yeah, best location. You know, um, really did my market research to like, you know, this is why I'm successful because I, I prepared. I put all my money in the right location and stuff. And And there's two things that I find funny. First of all, it's kind of not true. He might, he may, they may have done the research, right? They may go, well, there's this many cars, there's this people, population, great. You can do somewhat of an, get in somewhat of a video, but you really don't know. And, you know, once you put the store in, you literally could have no customers or you could have all the customers in the world. And it's kind of just based on luck to a certain extent. Like you can't determine necessarily if it'll do well or not. I mean, there's large companies that have chains. They put them in places they think they'll do well, and they just don't. But they're like, oh, but the numbers said they would. You know, that happens. Um, and you, there's unforeseen things that come up, which is like a pandemic or something, or uncontrollable things that you just, you didn't, you didn't 
not, maybe you foresaw coming, but then you don't know what's going to happen. And then when it happens, you have to close your doors or something. So a lot of it's kind of just based on you're at the mercy of what people think, what people do, and external things that happen. So it's kind of just like really based on luck at sometimes, sometimes. But, you know, it's kind of interesting right now because we're also seeing what people, how people are reacting under this pressure. So you can see this trend of storefronts doing takeout only. Um, you know, you can see things of, and I was wondering this actually, these really big suppliers like Costco, I know there's a whole like spatial distancing, social distancing thing. So they only let a certain amount of people in the stores, which by the way, no one follows that. If you're in a store that they limit people access to or amount of people in the store, no one limit, no one keeps their distance. They're still rubbing next to each other. I mean, like, I was in it the other day. No one really cares. They might wear face masks and stuff. And the ones that really care, you can tell because they're like, they're like really dodging everyone, right? And I was thinking like, man, Costco, and we're not sponsored by any of these people, but like the major suppliers or retailers, they like feed America, right? They supply America. So they might not be able to supply their shelves like instantly because people just buy so freaking much but there's definitely no shortage. But I was wondering like, oh, these guys are being sneaky. Like that's brilliant. I wonder if they're purposely putting lines together. Okay, like, like this one store Costco, they put a, a crate and did like a maze for a line, right? Mm -hmm. And they made it this very like entrance to a theme park type thing. Okay. <laughs> nice. And I was wondering like, okay, I guess they don't want people hanging out in the street. I know why they do this, but is there a certain factor of they've set the stage so that people want to come in? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you have to wait in line and then you'll have your turn. And then when you come in, there's like this scarcity feel and it's sort of like uh setting the stage for um i'm not saying it's false what they're doing but they're like setting a, a stage a perception of we're only letting limited people in because of social distancing distancing and when it might take longer for you to get in you need to make sure that you have everything you need before you leave because then you're gonna have to wait in line again and so people are filling their carts up more because they're like, this is my one shot. Because it took me an hour to get in. It, and then if I get out and I forget something, I have to go wait in the line for another 30 minutes. Right. You see what I mean? And it also gives them an opportunity to push other products. So they know people are going to buy a ton of eggs, a ton of milk. Well, maybe not milk, but toilet paper, all this kind of stuff. And it's going to sell it quick. So they double up on all their water. Like more of their rooms now have water cases. Mm -hmm. but all their other products that they're trying to sell they kind of have limits now so they say well one limit for this and i get people are over purchasing but there's also i think there's a deeper strategy so they're putting like the scarcity you better fill your carts up more because you're not gonna have time to come back in and they probably see bigger sales on other items because 
people are less driven towards certain products and pushed towards others. So I feel like Costco is probably doing better or these retailers are doing better right now because of how they're like setting the stage. Does that make sense? It's kind of vague a little bit, but. I think, I think that's exactly what we're talking about today on the podcast is, is um, you know, we, we all have situations that we're in, uh, whether we're an individual, a family or a huge organization like a Costco that we, we all face situations where we're in a, a trial or a circumstance and, you know, how we react to that is really what makes the difference. And, you know, yeah, Costco, uh, maybe they might, might not be thinking Disneyland, but they're thinking opportunity. They're thinking, how do I, you know, maximize our results as a, as a, as a chain, you know, and, and, um, and, and, and make it such that people will come in and, and make the most of their purchasing opportunities and, and even, making it an opportunity rather than, Oh, we're just here. Thank you for stopping by, you know, where the customer is empowered. Um, yeah. So there, there's some differences there that Costco is now, you know, kind of leveraging and, and not only Costco, but probably all, all supermarkets and stores that are, are doing the similar things with, with lines and things of that nature. They're, they're starting to really see the value of their customer. Like, man, you know, these people have purchasing power and, you know, they're, they're loyal, they come back and, and all the rest. And so let's take care of them. But at the same time, create somewhat of a, you know, I have, I have the goods and, and I have what you're looking for type of thing, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I think they're there for them. I, I don't think, yeah. I don't think they're necessarily trying to like purely use this as a monetization strategy or boost another bottom line. But I was just thinking like, I'm sure there's like, you know, they have to manage the people, put them in line. I get that. But I was like, there's also like a scarcity factor too mm-hmm. and a timeline. So mm-hmm. I have been seeing people fill up their carts more, obviously because they don't want to go back in line, right? Yeah. They right. go back to the store. They want to just, if they could wait this thing out for three months and not have to go to the store once, people would do that. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, um, who wants to, who wants to go back in line? It's like, you know, and then while they're in there, they're like, oh, maybe I do need something else. You know, it's like you're starting to see like the, the knickknacks being picked up on and the 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 more yeah. rare vegetables and, you know, bread items. It was funny, though. It's kind of interesting. Like, I, you know, I saw this phenomenon where, you know, I'm going down the aisle looking for pasta. We're making, you know, pasta. And I'm sure everyone's thinking that, right? What can I maximize and make the most of that will last a couple of days? And yeah. it's like everyone's getting spaghetti, right? And so I'm going down the spaghetti aisle and all of a sudden all the pasta, you know, the, the, the dry noodles, noodles are gone. You know, not even the penne pasta, nothing's left over the linguine, all that stuff's gone. And then there's one box left, you know, I'm like, what, what's this? So I go up to it and it's, it's regular spaghetti noodles, but it's the whole wheat, you know, it's like, okay, someone left the healthy version of the stuff out there. And, um, and, and so, uh, but they're taking everything else. Right. So, and the, the same is true with like the sugary, like the, the, the cereal stuff, you know, cereal aisles, it's like all the sweet stuff is taken, but they leave like the Kashi, like the healthy stuff for, for other people to get. Right. Yeah. So, this is like, this is people, people are able to like, live off their guilty pleasures now 
Like they can buy all the Twinkies they want because the excuse is, well, like it'll last a lifetime. So when I'm dying and starving, I can eat my Twinkies like four years from now. And they're still- I know, good. we need to get the healthy stuff and stay- But they don't realize well. like, but, but the thing is like, they just want Twinkies. Like that, they just, they just, they just don't get judged, you know? Like, oh man, you're eating Twinkies? Oh, what? Right. Uh, yeah, people, yeah. Yeah, people are just buying stuff, man. I said this in one of our first podcasts and I, I, when someone figures this out, it's going to be huge. So you design a product that is not purchased based off necessity or a need or like an interest or, or anything else, but you created a product to be purchased off instinct. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, so if you figure out the way to market that way, you're saying? No, 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 just, uh, okay, let me put this way. So there are car tires, right? So in this day and age, you could say, well, car tires are a necessity if you own a car. So people are willing to, you know, do whatever it takes that if they get a flat tire and they have to get new tires or they have bald tires, they need, they're going to know, okay, I got to get to work. I, it's a necessity. It's, an ex, it's just, I have to get new tires, right? Mm -hmm. If I want my car. And so people will get new tires. Mm -hmm. It's a necessity. Or if you're sitting on your television and you're watching the shopping channel, whatever it's called, I feel really old saying that, but watching the shopping channel uh, and they go, this new instant steak cooker right and like oh i want that so, so you don't mm -hmm. really need it you're just buying off impulse it just seems cool and you're like great yeah no totally it, then a lot of that, yeah then there's a product which you're buying off instinct okay instinct would be like you know how you get you have an instinct right so you meet a person and you're just like get this feeling you're like i don't know if this person's being real with me like that like you follow your gut or like a fight fight or flight type of thing your instincts to do one of the two or your instinct is um it's just like how big cats hunt they they can't help it they just it's just they just do it you know mm -hmm. like that they purchase off instinct. Yeah, I think um, that there's weird? a good book. I'm sorry? I said, that's pretty weird, huh? No, no, there's, there's actually some thought uh, behind that. I don't know if you ever heard of the book. Um, uh, I'll, I'll endorse it because I like this, uh, this book and, and I've liked this author for a couple of his writings. Um, Malcolm Gladwell, um, Gladwell, Glad, G-L-A-D-W-E-L-L. He, uh, he wrote the book Blink. Um, he also wrote another one called The Tipping Point, both of which I've read, and a couple of others as well. But um, yeah, so he, he wrote Outliers and some more current ones as well, too. But I, I read the, uh, the two at the beginning there, Blink and, and uh, The Tipping Point. Yeah. And Blink, Blink talks about that. You know, it talks about um, how, do you, how do you assess things in kind of like the blink of an eye, you know? We live in a very complicated world that, you know, is, is fast moving, fast paced. And 
so many changing technologies and moving parts in every industry and you never know what day what a new day is going to bring and so how do you how do you assess things in the blink of an eye you know what like maybe the color of something you know stirs up some emotions or you know just a couple of phrases you hear in someone's speech so maybe you didn't catch the whole 30 minute talk but man when he said those two words you know you're like wow that that impacted me and that's what i caught so how do you assess things how do you, how do we assess the world we live in in the blink of an eye and that comes in in our realm too of marketing and sales and uh, and also advertising like you know how do i pr promote a product or a service in a way that everyone's like you know what i need that <laughs> you know that no question asked and it could it could be a true thing or it could just be you know, uh, 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 just a, a, a reality that's kind of formed because of good marketing, you know? Oh, I need that Twinkie. Oh, well, why? Well, I don't know, man, but man, when I was seven years old, it tasted good. I need one right now, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, what is, you know, what is it? What is it that the marketer is, is, is trying to press on? And if you could, if you could speak into that person's life within that, that, that uh, sound bite of a couple seconds or, or that, 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 you know, uh, the glance of an eye, you know, you've caught their attention. So I think that's what um, we as marketers and salespeople need to do is, is speak in a way, uh, highlight things in a way graphically, um, you know, uh, you know, artistically to, to really capture people, uh, capture people's attentions. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I'm just telling you like buying off instinct is, it's going to be, I don't know what, I don't know how, I don't even know how it's possible, but it's going to, something's going to like tap into that. But I always, I always use that to like make my brain want to just like explode. Yeah. Um, well, even, even what we're going through with the toilet paper, it's like, you know, people n never again will toilet paper be seen the same way, you know, like, <laughs> I'm serious. I, I mean, when, you know, uh, not only just standing in the lines and the scarcity, but like, you know, it took me a while to get my, my roles because I, I would go to the store early, but then the seniors would get in before me because they let them in earlier and they would, they would, they would shop and get them all. And then I would get in there. They're all gone. And so it's like, I, I one day just walked in at the right time, just so, somehow t timed it and got in there. And lo and behold, there's that cardboard box full of toilet paper. And I go, oh my goodness, there's some left. And so I grabbed my, my, my eight roll. And then uh, when I held it, it's just, there was like this spiritual moment I had. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> it's real. Like, like the clouds opened and it just like a yeah. light shined down on you. Yeah, right. And it's like, I'm like, oh, it, it felt softer than ever before, you know, <laughs> like it's real, it's charming. You know? It also shows you how much you, how much you rely on product. Yeah. Yeah. That's and true. You don't, right. You don't, you just, you can, you can deal without having certain things. But I remember like, not, I, not, I remember, but like a week ago, I didn't have paper towels and I use paper towels a lot. Um, I basically kept finding myself like, oh my gosh, I can't wipe the counter down because I don't have a paper towel. And my wife was saying, Daniel, we have like regular towels that you wash. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I could just, I could just use like a towel, mm -hmm. like a kitchen towel and just do that yeah. instead.
but I was so hooked on like paper towels because it's just right there. You rip it, you just do it, and you throw it. Like it's over years and years of doing this, you just get so reliant on certain things, yeah. household items, you know? Yeah. It's weird. It's crazy. But yeah, making a product that you instinctively purchase. Interesting. I don't know. That's a good thought, man. I think it's it's definitely that 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 would really feed a lot of uh, minds of, of of marketers and just really to think about you know that that aspect of the buying process. You know, like people really do buy on instinct. You know, and so how do you cater to that? Yeah, it's weird. I'm not sure how to like material. I'm not sure how to materialize that any further, per se. But it's definitely an interesting thought. Yeah, I always, I think, um, well, you know, there's opportunity everywhere. There's opportunity. And it's sometimes you need something like this to kind of help people see their opportunity. Mm-hmm. Or there's, there's instances like what's going on right now and people aren't able to see past it. And all they can do is just retract and hibernate mm-hmm. until it moves on, you know, but things are going to be interesting this next year. Yeah, I know. We'll see how things turn out. Um, but, you know, the, the way that I've been looking at it more is just day by day, you know, like you never know what next week's going to bring or how the economy is going to change. And uh, just day by day and, and try to make the most of every opportunity. And, um, yeah, that's kind of. You know, last thing I got to mention, I got to mention this. Okay. I, I'm on a couple of advisory boards and it's a great way to like learn and great way to give people advice. It's just a great opportunity. I love being on advisory boards. It's like one of my favorite things to do. There's these companies that give you information, right? They give you like a quarterly rundown and then they ask these questions based on what they give you. But the information they give you is, is it's never enough because you can't ask questions directly to them you have to like get a hold of them and then and then schedule time and make sure we're both available and then ask questions but so it's difficult to like answer give advice because this the information they give you is either really vague or not specific enough and i can't get my questions answered to give them something specific so there's like a disconnect so they'll ask questions like um you know, an MVP, which is a uh, minimal something product or whatever. It basically means like if you have an application that you're trying to test, you don't want to spend millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars or money to develop this product fully. You just develop the most minimal version of it that still suffices the populate or your cuts, your users, but it's, you're not overdeveloping. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I have this MVP. Um, what's some top five strategies we can do on this to make sure we're doing it correctly or whatever, you know, something like that. And so they're asking for something specific based on something I have no idea what they're doing at all, you know, or they say, I have this new application and we are like one of them does this uh, e-signatures for signed celebrity content so like celebrities will from their computer can e-sign their photo online and then the company sells it to the population so they're like e-signed celebrity 
uh, merchandise. Mm-hmm. And this company apparently has their MVP out and they're already partnered with some large venues, which these venues are going to go, hey, here's this band to the crowd and say, scan this QR code, look at your phone, you're gonna get a text and you can purchase their signed products through your phone while you're at the concert and have it shipped to your house. Mm-hmm. And they were asking me about MVP questions and stuff. And I was thinking, man, yeah, I don't know, but it seems like you guys are already doing stuff. And then they said they had a version two, which included all these new features. And so I thought it was funny that he, they were asking advice on something that I thought they kind of had handled because they were getting enough information back and they were partnered with these big venues and they were having all this great stuff happening and through all this users. And, I mean, it seemed like they were more far along than they were. Yeah. But my point is, it was difficult for me to give specifics on these questions. And even though they had like this massive opportunity in front of them and the questions they were asking to me seemed like they were past it. So it's kind of funny. It's, it's yeah, go ahead. So it was, it, that's my point. I kind of digressed a little bit, but it was, that was my point. It was kind of, kind of funny how they were asking me these things, but they seemed so much further ahead. So I was a little confused because I was like, are you guys, I was wondering if they didn't see current opportunity they're in, mm-hmm. even though they were there. Yeah, it, it speaks to a couple things um, that I'm thinking right now. Uh, one that I referred to earlier is that confidence, you know, uh, especially some, um, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners alike, they have great ideas, uh, great concepts, things like that. And to some extent, they know how to follow through and carry things out to reality. But then sometimes in that, in that mix of things, that confidence wanes a little bit. And, and, and for whatever reason, it, it's a reality. Uh, whether they, you know, gosh, gotten so many rejections to finally get to that yes. You know, they, they've uh, pushed up against these, you know, uh, obstacles to finally overcome them, but not without a lot of time, energy, and, and, and effort. And so it's like, you know, there's that, uh, that confidence going, man, is this really going to become a reality for, uh, for, for the world we live in, for myself, for whoever it is uh, developing that product? And then, um, and then there's just like, you know, well, you know, they get, they get past like the, the initial stages of development, then they got to get it to that next step and maybe go to investors. Um, so there's another level of trying to, you know, get some buy-in. And so they got to perform again. And so it's like, you know, um, until they really hit their goal of, um, you know, whatever, whatever the goal is, it could be going public or just becoming recognized in their, their, their uh, area of, um, uh, you know, city, state, whatever they want to, the region. Um, You know, the goal is, is kind of different for every individual, but until, until that person, the entrepreneur, let's call it, reaches their goal, um, they're, they're not going to be able to sit and, and be content, you know, and, and, and they need to make sure that they've, they've uh, gotten buy-in from every level of, uh, of, of uh, the market, you know, whether it's initial investors or their friends or family members, you know, their colleagues, uh, whoever, they're, they're, you know, people they've, they've worked with in the past. They want to get buy-in from all these different groups and committees because 
then they'll know, oh, okay, yeah, this is going to work out. You know, all these people agree. And so um, I think people that do that, they're just, they're the smarter ones in the bunch because they're making sure all their I's are dotted, their T's are crossed. They've checked with all their support groups. And now that they know, okay, this is going to go. And um, so, I mean, I think that's just the, the, that's, that's the necessary due diligence that people need to make to make it. Um, I've had a review a couple of cases in the past, you know, um, this, this one individual gave me this technology that I can't go into detail for privacy, but um, it was, it was uh, related to, to shoes and, and technologies around that. And, um, you know, he's worked with the, the, the basketball stars out there and, He's even tried on different uh, organizations and large uh, groups, and it proved very successful. But yet he was still kind of trying to get it to that next level um, of getting investors. And so he had asked Fellowship Sales if I could review it for him and try to get it to that next level for him and get buy-in and get support. So he sent me, I mean, his videos and his articles and his, his brochures were awesome. I mean, he had, he had the best marketing stuff. So I thought this guy's already done. He's already good to go. What's he need me for? And so, but there, there's still that next level of support that people need. Um, so anyways, yeah, I think it's just, it's just an interesting world that people are in who have product technologies um, or, or services are developing. Yeah. Like he, they were asking they were asking kind of for an absolute answer. You know, like what are the top five strategies we can do? What are, what are, what is the go-to market strategy? What, what is the main thing we should focus on with our MVP? And I think that limits their outlook on opportunity. Um, not by the answers they receive of whoever they're asking advice from and then and then they give an answer to it right it's more of it's kind of like i i always try to hit questions at a brainstorming point of view or kind of a point of view of non-systematic non-engineering solutions because engineering solutions are absolute so um my favorite example right now is the golden gate bridge so it's the number, I think it's the number one place where people commit suicides, they jump off the bridge. And the absolute solution, which is the engineering solution, is to put barriers below or they on the whole length of the bridge, I believe, which is an absolute solution, but it doesn't really mean anything because the people can still jump onto that and then jump off. Like it doesn't prevent anything really. So that would be like an absolute answer. But another, but moving forward from that, um, it kind of prevents you from thinking anything more, right? Like it's, it's something that was implemented because it was mathematically sound. It made sense because the engineers came up with it. And then it had all the numbers and everything to back it and logic. So that would be a go-to solution now for any place in the world to ask for advice on how to prevent people from jumping off bridges, which whether it works or not, people can still jump off the net anyways. So you could go anywhere in the world technically and say, we need help with this. You go, I'll just put nets. Oh, okay, cool. That's the engineering solution. But you have to be able to identify 
specific solutions based on specific problems that they're having, which you can only get if you ask questions. And most of the time, the solutions can be a lot easier and produce bigger results than people think. And we don't, and you have to find out that even if the problem they say they're having, that they're facing, it might not even be the actual problem that they're facing. It just might be the top portion of it. Or you see what I'm saying? So even people who are, think they're an opportunity might not be an opportunity. Or people who um, are on upward growth and then all of a sudden they hit a thing because of this pandemic and they're like, I don't know how to see past it. So they either like are in opportunity and can't identify or they're um, unable to see the opportunity of the future in a way. It's like the whole lifespan versus just short term. So that's kind of, that's another interesting point, you know? Yeah, lifespan versus short term. I mean, uh, I I just read a quote yesterday uh, by Abraham Lincoln, and it says something about, you know, um, when you find the right thing to do in life, you know, what you do is you plant your two feet on the ground and you just you just grow. You know, you kind of commit, commit to what you're doing and just stay planted and grow. And honestly, that really helped me because um you know, I'm in an environment that um, it's very, um, I'm not sure what the flighty maybe is the right word, or, you know, uh, you're not, it's, it's somewhat, um, uh, it depends on the market a lot, depends on people. I mean, there's just so many factors that go into what I do. Um, and so I was like having a, a gut check, like, you know, hey, do I really want to do this? Is this the best thing for me and my family? You know, is there something else out there that may be a little bit better, you know, and uh, not to say that looking for opportunities aren't good, but then like when I really checked with myself and after I read that, uh, read that quote by Abraham Lincoln, I was like, no, you know what, what I am doing is right, you know, and I'm going to just plant my feet here, no matter, no matter if it's a depression, if it's a tornado or, you know, or no matter what's going on in the world or with my, my life personally, whatever's going on with me. Uh, whatever I struggle with, you know, uh, w- whether it's a health condition or, you know, whatever it could be. I mean, I'm going to plant my feet here and I'm going to commit and, you know, we're going to make the best of this. And it, and it, it, and we could even declare it is going to work out. It will work out. Yeah. Uh, I slept a lot better. I woke up 10 times more motivated and I'm having a great day right now. You know, it's like, I think that sometimes it takes that, that put planting your feet and committing and allowing um, that level of commitment to, to work for you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You just, you, this, is, this is every time. It always comes down to, you know, you know, don't be afraid to just let your creativity flow. You know, you don't always have to feel like you have to give the right answer. You don't always have to, be on point you can come in as a consultant and go well let me just put this as an example you can come in as as a consultant and go i have no idea what the solution is but let's just chat about it let's see what you're dealing with or maybe you go you know that solution there's no way you're going to be able to hit that solution it's just impossible there's too many movies too complicated right but 
since there's moving parts and they're all kind of linked together, maybe this one little problem over here, which has a profound solution that we can do, will actually make these better. So um, increasing capacity of a train does not mean building a larger train or does not necessarily, because that would be like impossible, right? It, it, it costs so much money, you'd have to like, you'd have to just have such a surplus of seating, it would be insane, right? It's really not practical. And making the train move faster doesn't really make anything better anyways. It's more of like utilizing people who've already kind of have tickets, filling those empty seats, having them have options to jump on earlier trains. So it's kind of like, do you see what my point? There's the two extremes of build a larger train with a surplus, surplus of seats, make the train go faster. But really you could just, people who get there early, you can give them an option to jump on an early train with empty seats. Um, so there's yeah. little movements you can do that um, produce results for the bigger picture you're trying to do. Yeah, that's, that's perfect, man. I think that's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's ingenuity, innovation, creativity, all those words apply. And it's like, you know, how do I do things in a way to just think smarter and, and more creatively rather than have to reinvent the wheel? Um, I, that, and, that's, and that's totally worth saying. I, I think what I just said, like reinventing the wheel is not the answer to, to our problems at times, you know, and, but sometimes we think it is. Oh, I just need to, to re, redo it a different way or you know, reinvent it and kind of just make sure it works better or works this time. And, but maybe focus on maybe tweaking a different, you know, uh, nut on the bolt, you know, maybe hammering a different nail on the, on the panel, you know, maybe try, trying something on a little bit, you know, differently that's um, going to fix the overall situation, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, and, then, and, and honestly, sometimes that's a lot easier than having to re restructure the whole wheel again, you know. So what, what can we do um, with our, our creative minds and yet not have to, you know, do things in a laborious way to overextend ourselves, right? Um, you know, we still apply ourselves. We still work hard. We get people on board to join the, to join the team and, and do things together. And, and maybe some of that is that too, is find the right person to synergize with, you know, maybe it's not, maybe, maybe we don't have all the answers and we need to partner with someone else or uh, surround ourselves with the right individuals. Um, those could be our family members, our business connections. I mean, just, it just depends on who you are and where you are and what you do. But um, people sometimes is that support, you know, not necessarily a technology, uh, you know, uh, but yeah. maybe a individual yeah yeah it's interesting so i love that anyways uh i think that's everything i have to say for today <laughs> that was awesome man i think so i think uh we're i think we're good to go today um i'm looking outside my uh window here and i see an awesome view of you know sunny skies and uh you know just a, a bird just passed by right now <laughs> so i i think we're on to some good things today daniel um yeah yeah, it was good talking to you today. Um, any closing thoughts? Nothing, nothing right now. Nope, no closing thoughts. Just um, everything will be fine. We will enjoy quarantine time. Oh, oh, last bit of advice. Go on Instagram, go on Facebook. Don't, tr okay, well, don't just feed up the news too much. It'll make you paranoid and crazy. But go on Facebook, Instagram, 
and search up like hashtag quarantine life and stuff, you're going to find a lot of fun stuff you can do with your family and games. And I recommend it. There's a lot of cool things you can do. It's really fun. Yeah. So check it Thank out. You. Awesome. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate that. Well, friends, now that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us today at Peppers and Flowers. We look forward to joining you again next Saturday. Daniel and James signing off.